Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Have you or someone you know tried to sign up for Medicare recently? Well, I gotta tell you, the A's, the B's, the C's, the D's, the I don't know all the story about what it's about. And in fact, I realized recently that as a doctor, I don't know what to tell even my very own patients. So I have got a great resource for all of us to talk with this evening who's been on the show before. Dr. Eileen Hilton runs Crown Care. And if you have any Medicare question, this woman knows the answer. And she's recently helped me out with a friend who said to me, what do I do? I'm turning 65. And I was like, oh, I know. Wait, no, I don't. So (laughs) thank you so much for joining me today to help demystify the process of what's going to happen when we all get to that age and what are these different types of Medicare. Thanks, Dr. Hilton, for joining us today. Oh, thank you for asking me. So Let's let's talk a little bit about you no know, Medicare is something you have such a wealth of knowledge about. How did you get to be such an expert in all things Medicare? What sort of generated this desire and and helped lead you to the point where you know more than any other person I've ever met about Medicare? Well, in the beginning I knew nothing about Medicare and most doctors don't. And patients would ask me, and I would give them the same answer that you probably gave your friend. I really don't know. Maybe you should call Medicare and find out. <laughs> that um, sounds familiar. Yeah, that didn't go so yeah, well. Yeah, no, it didn't. So then when, you know, members of my immediate family, other people, close friends, came in with problems with this, I decided to read all about Medicare. <clears throat> it was sort of like reading income tax law. So it was very, very uninspiring. But I did get to know a lot about it, and I certainly am always learning every day. Something new happened today, so we may discuss that later. So I think it's extremely difficult for most physicians and most people to understand what in the world is going on because it's such a a, a complicated um, system. However, it can be simplified, and uh, if you are trying to tell someone what to do when they're turning 65, they should, if they're not still working and still have employer coverage um, or their own employment coverage through their own company, as long as it's more than 20 uh, workers in the company, they should sign up for Medicare on time, meaning you have three months before your 65th birthday, you have the month of your 65th birthday, and then you have another three months after that then you could run into a penalty if you go any longer than that. And that's for people who are not working. So if you are working and you have to sign up for Medicare, Part A, you do that. It's free. But you can say, I do not want to sign up for B. You can be automatically signed up for B if you were already on Social Security. But you can actually go and cancel that if you want to. At that point... <clears throat> You can work and stay on your employer's insurance, and when you decide to retire from working, you have to sign up for Medicare Part B if, indeed, you know, you are not somebody who is self-employed in a larger company or whatever is still going on. If you leave that company, uh, you need to sign up for Medicare Part B. A is already signed up for it, 65 so, so when you turn 65, let me just make sure I've got this straight. So you should 
sign up for Medicare, working or not, Part A. And then Part B is whether or not you're working. Got it. If you're still employed, you can put it off. So if you're, if no matter what, you're turning 65, you got to enroll in Medicare Part A. And it's not automatic. You have to actually go through a process. Is that right? It is automatic if you're on Social Security. They'll automatically enroll you in both. Okay. Um, but if you haven't started collecting your Social Security yet, uh, yes. You do have to. You've apply. got to do something. You can do it You've online. Got to apply. Okay. And so, if you are collecting Social Security, it's an automatic. They just they do it for you. Uh, but if you're not collecting Social Security, you've got to take an action, and you've right. got that time duration you mentioned to go do it. So, exactly. And if you're working, the reason why, if you have insurance provided by your employer, that you don't need Medicare Part B is because. A is for hospital and B is for office visits and a lot of other things. Is that right? Right, exactly. And so if you have your own insurance, whether it be, you know, here in Hawaii, someone might have HMSA, uh, UHA, Kaiser, whatever else they may have, that covers a lot of those office visits type of expenses so you don't have to be double covered for that. Correct, and you don't have to pay exorbitant prices if your income is high because there is an income-related surcharge. To sign up for B and D. So A, you said, is free. Free as long as you've worked 40 quarters. Um, <clears throat> and actually, um, most people have worked that much. Um, that, that's not really a problem. If you are from another country or whatever and you have to pay for it, it's about $500 each month in 2022. But almost everyone has worked long enough so that it's free. So A is not where you're getting premiums. B is not, where we yeah, start to as see long premiums. As you're, uh, <clears throat> you've worked for 10 years, etc. So when, when we talk about somebody who says, okay, I'm going to keep my work coverage, so I'm going to have my HMSA, UHA, Kaiser, HMAA, that's going to cover my, my other office expenses. Once you set up for A, you don't have to enroll in B, except for if you retire or yep. if you lose or leave that job, you now have a window of opportunity where you need to sign up for B. And there's complications if you don't. Is that right? Yes. You get penalized for each 12 months that you should have signed up for B that you didn't at 10% per year uh, for that you didn't sign up. And it could be two years. It would be 20%. Three years would be 30%. And that's for the rest of your life. So it behooves you to sign up. If you don't have other coverage, um, that is equivalent to what you would need. The, um, the sign-up is eight months. So it's eight months after you quit or leave or retire or whatever, you should start to have your ducks in a row and sign up on time so you don't get into that 12-month missing period. So you've got eight months. Eight months. Do you do it like you mentioned for... Medicare in general, you have three months beforehand, you have that month, you have three months after, or is it date of quit plus eight months? You've got plus it, or date months, of quit, yes, or eight the months. latter. Okay. So now that's for Part B, and Medicare Part B covers some of these other types of office-related services. Let's talk briefly about Part C, because if you are, if you're working and you have Medicare Part A, because you, you signed up and you did what you needed to and you're over 65. Mm-hmm. And let's just say you have 
HMSA or UHA or, or HMAA or Kaiser right now as your Part B equivalent, because you have this workplace insurance, Part C is an Advantage plan. Would you want to sign up for an Advantage plan if you still had other coverage? If you have Part C is what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, Part C is an Advantage plan. You have a choice of either signing up for an Advantage plan or you can sign up for Original Medicare. And it's, it's totally dependent on your health, the drugs you're on, everything else, as to which one would be the least expensive and the most robust coverage. So you have two choices. When you sign up for B, you can either do an Advantage plan or you could, <coughs> excuse me, do Original Medicare with a supplemental plan and a drug plan. So it's kind of like three things versus one all rolled into an a la carte. And you would never really sign up for an Advantage plan if you still were covered from your employer on Part B. If you not Part B, if you were covered by some other insurer, you don't have to sign up for an Advantage plan then. You don't have to sign up for an Advantage plan as long as you're paying your premiums, you know, your Part B. Uh, there's no mandatory signing up for any kind of plan. Uh, you don't have to sign up for an Advantage plan, nor do you have to sign up for a supplemental plan. Okay. So you can make your decision on that, but almost everyone would take one of those two options. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You are listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we are going to talk some more about what are these different A, B, C's, and D's mean, and what do we talk about supplemental? We'll be right back with Dr. Eileen Hilton. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, trying to understand Medicare before I need to know all about it, for even for myself. And to help educate me and continue to surprise me with her amazing knowledge is Dr. Eileen Hilton of Crown Care. And right before the break, we talked about what to do if you're about to turn 65 and what some of these different plans would be. So let's presume that everything's going perfectly. Let's say that you have you have Medicare Part A, you have another insurance, you decide that you're going to retire, you have signed up for a Part B plan, Medicare Part B. And so now you have A and B, and then there's drugs. So that's a different element of Medicare. That's another alphabet letter. Is that Part D? It is. D for drugs, easy to remember. So that's separate for for some patients who stick with original Medicare. That's a separate plan, and there's lots of different versions of the drug plan. Is that right? Yeah, and so in Hawaii, you might have up to 30 choices if you go on Medicare.gov and look at what drug plans are available if you decide not to do an Advantage plan, which often includes drugs. But there's some very exciting news about Part D today. Well, i got to hear it. You've got to tell yeah, me. Yeah, this is really amazing, actually. Um, the government has passed a uh, prescription drug provision uh, during their little Senate reconciliation, you know, and getting everyone on board. And Part D, which is for drugs, uh, used to be the most expensive thing if you had an expensive drug and you had to go in donut holes and all of this. 
<clears throat> all of that is about to change. Starting in 2023, they're requiring drug companies to pay rebates if drug prices r- rise more than inflation. That, that was amazing Wow, that's me. huge. They got that through. Uh, in 2024, they're eliminating the Part D coinsurance um, after catastrophic coverage. They would still pay 5% for some of these very expensive drugs, and it could be a considerable amount of money. Then in 2025, they're adding 2,000 out-of-pocket cap in Part D. That's fabulous because Advantage plans, um, unlike your regular employer insurance, don't have caps that include drug coverage, okay? So they have drug coverage, but you can pay way a lot of money even though you have an Advantage plan. Um, And, you know, it can pay up to out-of-pocket, something the extent of $7,000 all payers in. So what happens is is that you would be paying 25% of the cost of brand-name medication, right, Um, when you reach like $7,000 plus. You would then go into catastrophic coverage, and that's not going to happen anymore because they're going to state that $2,000 is the maximum amount that you can pay for drugs on any plan that you're in with Medicare, which is fabulous because we have patients really getting killed by this. Now, does so that include... That sounds huge because that could be a it's big cost. I was like, my eyes were falling. I said, wow, <laughs> this is great. Now, that's is that only Part D plans or does that include Medicare Advantage plans? Oh, Medicare Advantage also. So, so all of it. All of them. So now we've pretty much said, it's amazing. if you're a senior starting in 2025, you will not pay more than $2,000 for all of your medicine. Right. And it's 2,000 out of pack of cap and Part D and other drug benefit changes. That's it. Now, there was also a little hint that they were going to allow some price negotiation for certain drugs. Yeah. They're starting to do that in 2026, and they'll be looking at 10 Part D drugs. They couldn't really get much more than that. Then in 2027, it goes to 15, and 2028, it goes to another 15 of both Part B and D drugs to make sure they're getting a little bargaining power like they do in Canada and other places that have kind of Medicare for all type systems. So this is a big deal. I mean, I was like, this is the best thing that ever happened to the consumer I've seen in a long time. So that's great. Now, you mentioned B plus D drugs, because some drugs are under the medical benefit. Is that right? Yes. Typically, um, infusion-related drugs, like if you're on chemo and you're getting an infusion, that's paid for by Part B, which is great if if it is, because most of the time that cost is covered um, by your insurance and whatever your out-of-pocket maximum is for medical, not for drugs, but for medical, Right. It'll pay for it. It's a terrific thing. So we would all like to have Part B drugs if we could have the choice. Unfortunately, a lot of them aren't Part B. They fall into Part D, and so that's why they're looking at that very carefully. So this is, I mean, you mentioned game-changing. I think for a lot of folks who don't realize the cost of a lot of the drugs that some people have been forced yeah. to pay, this this could be huge. This yeah, is going to save... Yeah, we've got people that were, you know, on drugs that were over $150,000 a year, probably two at a time, you know, and this is absolutely a game-changer. It's the best. So, 
I'm glad I'm on tonight. I can tell everyone the good news. Well, I'm very excited about that as well, because it is like up to date and current. It happened today. Now, so you mentioned that 2023, if the price of drugs goes up more than inflation, then there's a rebate. 2024, no more coinsurance if you have a coinsurance for some of the medications or drugs. And 2025 starts that $2,000 cap. Well, the 2024 one doesn't mean no coinsurance. It means that um, you, when you go into catastrophic coverage, is much earlier. It was 7050 now, currently, this year, and it'll go down to 2000 And even when you go into it, once you've hit that 2000 you have to pay a copay. Ah, you're that's done. the difference. That is your tr- your out-of-pocket maximum for drugs is what they've established. Now, we all have to live long enough to get to the really good stuff, <laughs> like having it cover part you know, B rather than be covered by Part B rather than Part D. But the whole thing is really astonishing to me. I was just thrilled to watch this and look at it. And, you know, I said, oh, what's this? <laughs> I never thought it would pass, but it did. Well, and again, I think one of the key features is that we're really trying to help seniors because you're often living on a fixed income or you have a certain amount that you might have saved for retirement that if it's tied to the stock market could go up or down, could investments could go up or down. And so you don't have the same level of flexibility as someone who might be in their 20s or 30s who has a long time where they can still invest and save and and hopefully still be working and, and have some more resources available to them. So you're right. It absolutely is huge news. It's huge. And Social Security benefits, et cetera, um, in the Part A, but mid deductibles and all of that, the total has increased from 15% of your Social Security benefit in 2002 to 19% now. So major league problem there. We really needed anything we could get, and this thing is very good. The drug thing is very good. All right. With that level of excitement, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You are listening to Dr. Eileen Hilton from Crown Care. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about what are the advantages of an Advantage plan and when might you want to stick with your standard original Medicare. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I have Dr. Eileen Hilton on the line from Crown Care, and she's sharing with us the absolute latest of what was passed today regarding some of the Medicare legislation that hopefully will help to protect our seniors from the continued rising costs of medical care. Now, at the very beginning of the show, we talked about how you need to sign up and when you should, when you turn 65, and what different types of plans. Then we talked a little bit about the exciting news happening with Medicare Part D plans. Let's talk for just a few moments about Medicare Part C. A lot of folks hear about these plans. They come from major insurers like Humana or United, HMSA, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Aetna. There's a variety of different plans out there. And this is what the, you call the the Part C, which is the combination plan. So that includes more than just the A and B. It includes some of the drugs. Why might someone want to choose a Part C plan? Are there extra benefits and things that they could potentially take advantage of? 
Yes, of course. In the beginning, Part C was extremely attractive. They had gym and dental and a few extra goodies. You know, we used to call it the frills and the bells and whistles. And when, I think in 2010, a lot of that got cut because the um, insurance companies weren't making enough money on that. They used to get, for every person that was enrolled, a uh, kind of stipend if they enrolled in an advantage plan, and it was significant. And so the advantage to the purchaser was that they got all these freebies. Um, the advantage to the insurer was they got a lot of money extra, and that got cut uh, significantly over the last 10, 12 years. So when that happened, um, you lost a lot of the frills. So there's still advantages. It's very similar to corporate insurance. If you work for a company, it's almost like identical. Uh, the only difference is the out-of-pocket maximum for drugs wasn't good. I mean, it was basically there. You had to, you had to basically pay uh, up until that 7000 or whatever. There's no, that wasn't included in your out-of-pocket maximum, which was mostly medical tests, etc. So, it looked less attractive, especially if you were on an expensive drug or something like that and you wanted to shop around in the 30-odd companies that you could, you know, that offered drug plans in Hawaii, and you basically could go online and figure out which was the best for your drugs, the cheapest. So would you, when would you take an Advantage plan? Well, now with this 2,000 cap, I'll tell you, I'm very impressed. <laughs> you could probably take one, you know, and not be too concerned about super expensive drugs. Um, <clears throat> there's always an issue of uh, the doctor accepting Advantage plans. They're not as transportable. And, uh, for instance, if you think you're going to be using the mainland for your medical care, sometimes they are transportable and sometimes they're not. Like, you know, Mayo Clinic in certain areas won't touch Advantage plans because they have to go through pre-certification for everything they do. So there's a little bit of a... A problem there, but I think they'll probably pick up again if they have that 2,000 thing across the board. I think that a lot of people who were shopping around for their um, drugs, the cheapest drug plan, may stay <clears throat> in an advantage plan. They don't have to do that. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it's helped to level the playing field, and also instead of having you know the drugs of three advantage plans that are offered versus 30 drug plans, now we're going to see potentially that people might move more towards the advantage plans. And there's there's also the other thing that I find kind of fascinating is that for advantage plans that are attached to major companies, you might actually wind up having coverage on the mainland if you have a mainland plan. Would United or Aetna or Humana, some of the ones that are penetrating throughout a variety of states in the U.S., in yeah, addition to Hawaii, to. I mean, they might have they, to. Yeah, they might have to, but, it, you know, it is, as a physician, I'm sure you know, the pre-certifications can be a real problem, especially if you're on, on the mainland and you need a pre-certification in a rush and Hawaii hasn't woken up yet. <laughs> that can be a problem, so I can yes. Tell you. yes. It was quite a scene. Um, but, you know, that's the way it goes. You don't, you don't anticipate every emergency or anything like that. But, there, you know, there are definite relationships uh, on the mainland that some of the Advantage plans here have. 
and you can you can use doctors on the mainland with those advantage plans, but you just have to know that they accept. It's not all that's it's not all of them, right? Now, you know, one of the things that you've helped patients with, some of my own patients, some of my personal friends, you've helped them to navigate this this very confusing world of Medicare from, hey, which plan, what should I do, when do I sign up? And that's a real unique service that you provide. I think it's it's invaluable from what I can tell from everyone that I've spoken to, just to have someone who's an expert explain some of these issues, because it's confusing. It's, I thought I knew everything, and then a friend asked me, and I went, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> How do people take advantage of that? How can they find you if they had questions or wanted to get a consult from you about, are they in the best plan for them? Yeah, um, I, I don't like giving my phone number or anything that online, but I can have it sent to you, and then you can the the uh, system could do it. I can just give you the number for the the uh, this number. Well, and they on. also yeah, they look up. They can find you online. Is that right? Yes, but the number is eight zero eight two five four eight zero eight eight. And that's crown care yeah. because that really helps to, you know, I think about it like you deserve to wear the crown at this time. Make sure it's the right one. Good one. <laughs> now, where do you think Medicare is going in the future? I mean, I know that's a very loaded question, but as we've seen some of the changes in the last several years where it started off with just A and B and then Advantage plans and then drug plans, where do you think it's going to head? Or where? what are some areas where it should head in the future? Um, where I think it's going to head is probably Advantage plans for all or Medicare for all, not just Medicare for the elderly. That's where I think it's going to land. <laughs> That'll take a lot of Congress getting along with each other. I'm not sure when that would happen. But that would be a logical conclusion based on how this country is, you know, in, in the minds of the European countries and the countries that have um, Medicare for all, essentially, they just can't believe it. You know, they just look at it and go, what? Now, we have Canadian relatives and uh, they love the health care system. I think it's abominable, but, you know, they love their health system. They wait six months for a CAT scan. You know? So I'm not used to that. So I think, I think people just have to get over the fact that everything is an immediate gratification, and they will have to wait unless it's an emergency, and I think they probably will end up on Medicare for all here. Well, and I often think that's sort of this unique combination of government and private sector combining together to come up with a plan that allows choice, it allows competition, but it also is that perfect public-private partnership that that doesn't necessarily mean all or nothing. You don't have to be all government-run. You don't have to be all privately run. It can be this unique combination of both. And there's certain advantages to, to moving in that direction. I think from what I've heard of other healthcare systems in other countries, you know, all government managed. We actually, a lot of people don't realize the government doesn't necessarily manage Medicare directly. They actually have other, other yeah. groups that do that, intermediaries. intermediaries. Mm-hmm. And so, in fact, the intermediaries are the ones that are hired by the government to implement this entire Medicare program. And by having those intermediaries, it helps to streamline some of the administrative costs. But there's other folks who handle some of the advantage plans, more of that commercial uh, opportunity for major companies to get involved in that. Well, it certainly sounds like you have explained 
a lot of the Medicare program to to me, at least. And again, you've helped my friends. You've helped some of my patients and really helped to get the knowledge about this program across. I want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today on The Body Show and promise me we can do it again. Thank you. Thank you for the compliment. My pleasure. All right. That is Dr. Eileen Hilton of Crown Care, and she does private consultations to explain Medicare and answers all of my crazy questions when I don't know what to tell my friends. And thank her for sharing your expertise with us on The Body Show today. If you'd like to hear the show again, you can always click on hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and we are happy to be able to talk with you every Monday right here on The Body Show at 630. We will be back next week, and we'll see you then.